Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Nathan Wolfel Outdoors podcast. This is episode three of the show. I am Nathan Wolfel of NathanWolfelOutdoors.com, and very excited to be here with all of you as I record this, just to share with all of you how much you mean to me. I gave up a chance to go dip net suckers tonight so I could record this episode for all of you because I just had the itch to crank out yet another episode so you all have it to enjoy. Um, quick steelhead update. I have gone several times since the last episode and have had some crummy luck. I lost a fish today. As a matter of fact, it was a medium sized hen, but, um, a little bit of excitement went with my friends a few days ago who lost a pair of fish. So we've been kind of, um, down on our luck lately, but seeing fish consistently getting into fish consistently, and it continues to be a ball. We're going to continue going. As a matter of fact, I was out steelhead fishing right before I started recording this episode. So we're going to keep after it and hope to hope to turn our fortunes around. In fact, I'm actually going with a guide pretty soon here on a guided trip of the Sheboygan River, something I've never done. I'm just super intrigued by the fact that someone can make part of their living guiding a river I fished my entire life for fish that I've never really thought to pursue prior to this year. And I have so much to learn. I have a hundred questions. Hopefully I don't annoy the crap out of my guide, but that might be an episode here in the future or a post for the website or possibly both depending on how well it goes, but super excited about that. And the sucker run is in full swing here. Went with my dad last night, dip netting, and we had to move spots around a little bit or move around spots a bit, but we found a spot that worked for us and got into a couple fish. The run definitely has not started in earnest, but it's always a sign of springtime for me when we're pulling up suckers with dip nets. And that might be an episode where maybe we sit down and talk a little bit about that and what an exciting yet dying activity that seems to be here in Wisconsin anyway. Um, but that always is forget Robins, man. That's springtime to me. Once we start catching suckers, it's, it's spring. So I'm super excited about that. Spring is one of my favorite seasons by far. And I'm very pleased for the arrival of some warmer weather and more fishing opportunities and turkey hunting and all the great stuff that comes with longer days and just overall better weather. But just getting you up to speed there, now it's going to be time to shift gears a bit. I'm working on my segues, new to the podcasting thing. I've mentioned this to all of you. Your patience is appreciated. Um, what I'm here to talk to you today about is is kind of defining and putting some guardrails or parameters or my thoughts on what the guardrails or parameters are for defining a true outdoors person. What makes a true outdoorsman or a true outdoors woman? And it might not be super easy to define, and that's probably a good thing, but I think that it's worth having the philosophical conversation about what that title means. If you refer to yourself as an outdoorsman or an outdoorswoman, an outdoors person to other people, what does that mean to them? What does that mean about you? What are, if that's something you identify as to other people, how are you representing the community? What things should go with that title, that definition? I spend a lot of time thinking about that because I do, not to sound pompous, I do consider myself an outdoorsman. Some days I'm a better one than other days, that's for sure. But I am an outdoorsman. The outdoors are part of who I am, if that hasn't become clear to you yet. 
But I don't take that title lightly when I share it with other people because everyone has an image in their head when they hear that term, outdoorsman, outdoorswoman, outdoors person, hunter, angler, trapper, whatever it might be. Everyone has an image in their head. And if it's a, if it's a term you're going to use to define yourself to others, I think it's important to take some time to self-reflect and think about how you are portraying that role, how you're shaping that other person's idea of what a hunter, a angler, an outdoors person is. And so I've, as I mentioned, have spent a lot of time thinking through what it means to me. And by no means are my definitions the only definitions or the standard for sure. There, I mean, lots of room for interpretation. But I challenged myself to really come up with when I, when I think of a, a, a true outdoors person, a shining example of what it means to love the outdoors and to identify with the outdoors. When I think through what that means to me, I what does what comes to mind? What is my picture? What's the picture I want portrayed to other people when they hear that phrase? And so I've come up with a handful of things. And I'm curious to hear from any of you who would like to weigh in, whether it be through email or social media or however you'd care to reach out, how you feel about these defining characteristics I have come up with and maybe some I've missed, maybe some you agree with, maybe some you disagree with. I'd love to hear what it means to you as well after we're done with this conversation. So the first thing, when I define a true outdoors person, the first thing that comes to mind for me is passion. You can't be a good anything without passion. If there isn't joy and love in, in the title you are identifying yourself as, whether it's a job or a, or a certain hobby, whatever label you're putting on yourself, if, if there's not passion behind that label, you're faking it. Might be a little harsh, but that's how I feel about it. If you are being honest about yourself and representing yourself in an accurate manner, you need to be passionate about the label you are applying to yourself. So passion is definitely the first thing for me. And you can define that a couple ways. You know, for me, passion can mean investing a lot of time. It can, whether it's actually honing the craft itself of, Identific bird identification, uh, the craft of marksmanship, tying fishing knots, you know, honing your craft and the passion behind that, investing the time and energy into getting really good at something. It can be going out a lot, fishing a lot, fishing regularly, hunting regularly. How much of your spare time is being invested into it? And that'll tell me, in my opinion, if you show me what you spend your free time doing, I'll tell you what you're passionate about. That's my stance. And if the outdoors, hunting, fishing, hiking, trapping, birding, whatever, if something in the outdoors is that thing for you, odds are you're a good, you're a true outdoors person, at least by the standards I have challenged myself to come up with, in my opinion. All of these things are just in my opinion. 
but it's an it is an opinion I have spent a good amount of time forming, and I think it's worth sharing with you. So I'm doing so, but I'm also not judge, jury, and executioner on what defines an outdoors person, but I'd like to think that as someone who identifies as such, I definitely have a seat at the table for the conversation. So bear that in mind as we continue, but passion is the first thing I look for. And I kind of alluded to this next staple or pillar of being a true true outdoors person in my last explanation or my last pillar, but skills, skillfulness in the outdoors. To me, that's a true outdoors person. You know, it, it, it isn't maker, it isn't necessarily make or break, but it definitely helps. Being a good marksman is a true outdoor skill. Being able to tie strong fishing knots in a variety of them for a variety of situations, being able to tie survival knots for or sailing knots, for instance, any of those things, to me, is a sign of a true outdoors person. As I alluded to earlier again, being able to identify birds on the wing. Being able to identify signs of wildlife in the woods by yourself, identifying tracks, things like that. Those type of skills. Accurately and consistently being able to cast a fly rod. There's a certain level of skill you have to have before you can apply a label to yourself. Does it mean we all have to be professionals to be true outdoors people, quote unquote? No, definitely not. But I do think... Possessing some sort of array of outdoor skills is a prerequisite to being a true outdoors person. And I think that's a fair stipulation to put on being able to utilize that label. Another thing I think of when I, when I think of how to define a true outdoors person. So, so far, passion, skill, knowledge. And I think knowledge ties into those first two things. You ever, I see this more in the older generation. I'm about reaching my thirties now, but I see this more in the older generation, but it always, it gives me a feeling when I see someone who has these type of skills. We actually, um, my dad and I, when we gun deer hunt on opening weekend, we have a, we have a gentleman we stay with who possesses a bunch of the knowledge that I feel just gives me the feeling of being in the presence of someone who truly understands the outdoors and, and appreciates the outdoors. It, I, it, I don't mean to sound in or to phrase it in a way that might sound detrimental or I mean, derogatory is probably a strong word, but I don't mean to sound like I'm talking down about the guy, but it's like, he is the epitome of, a, of like a boy scout who has never forgotten the things he learned way back when still applies it now. Just the knowledge of the world around him and how he works or how it works, I should say. It's just unparalleled. And there's just a feeling and a presence someone who has that type of knowledge brings to any conversation about the outdoors. And in my opinion, it shows itself very quickly. And a lot of the people I think of on top of this gentleman that is gracious enough to let us hunt on his land every gun deer season. A lot of the people who come to mind when I think of folks like that happen to be older because part of that knowledge I'd like to think comes with experience. And I, 
I hope if I apply myself correctly as I am continuing to climb the ladder in years that I'm going to be lucky enough and fortunate enough to take advantage of gaining some of that knowledge through having an open mind, through being persistent about learning new things, through being genuinely curious about the world around me. But it's just interesting that a lot of the knowledge brought to the table and the people who seem to possess a good amount of the outdoor knowledge in my life, at least, are generally older. It's something I'm trying to not take for granted myself. So three pillars so far. Passion, skills, knowledge. The last one is more of a 4A and 4B. But I think these two things go hand in hand. So whether you want to call them 4A and 4B or 4 and 5, either way, I think the point stands. And those things are respect and ethics. None of the things I just mentioned matter to me and how I assess a true outdoors person if you do not have respect for the outdoors and you do not have outdoor ethics. That is a deal breaker for me. If you don't respect the animals you're pursuing, the environment in which you pursue those animals, if you don't do everything in your power to harvest those animals in an, or pursue those animals in an ethical manner, it frankly doesn't matter how knowledgeable, how skilled, or how passionate you are. That is the make or break thing for me. If you're lobbing Hail Mary shots at sprinting deer on public land, where best case scenario, you're completely missing. Worst case scenario, you're wounding an animal or worse, wounding another person. I don't really care how much you know about the woods. That's not a very ethical thing to do in my opinion. And I get it. Ethics can be a great area, but there are certain things for me like basic hunter safety as in the situation I just described to you. You just don't have solid ethics or respect for what you're doing if that's how you're pursuing animals. If you snag fish intentionally or even snag fish accidentally and then still keep them, you don't have a very strong respect for what you're doing, the art of what you're pursuing, and you definitely aren't um, showcasing upstanding ethics in your pursuit of the fish. Now, there are some exceptions where snagging a fish may be completely legal, but we're speaking, of course, of outside of those circumstances. You know, if you're not respectful of fellow outdoors people, you're encroaching on the space of hunters or fishermen, anglers who were there first, because you feel entitled to your spot. If you're confrontational for no reason toward others, just because their presence at a spot bothers you, that lack of respect, that lack of understanding, again, deal breaker for me. None of the other pillars matter if you do not have respect and ethics as part of your defining characteristics when you refer to your thoughts about the outdoors. 
or your position as an outdoors person, as a hunter or an angler, a bird or whatever you may label yourself as. Being respectful of the environment in which you're pursuing the animals, as I mentioned before. Not littering them. Talked at length about that in one of the earlier episodes. Following laws, whether you agree with them or not. In a way, believing in the greater good. Showing your respect for your fellow outdoors people. By abiding by the same rules they are asked to abide by. That's a big deal. So before I get too preachy, those are my few cents on how I personally define a true outdoors person and the standards I hold myself to when I tell other people that I'm an outdoorsman. I take a good look in the mirror because I don't use that phrase lightly and make sure that especially as someone who writes about the outdoors and in this case this podcast my website i am putting myself forward as an outdoorsman and i've always i'd like to think i have always thought long and hard about what that phrase means and how i'm representing myself and everyone else who labels themselves in that manner but especially now I try to think very critically about if I am practicing what I preach. Because if I'm not doing any of these things I'm sharing with all of you, there's not much sense in me just running my mouth. I'm just another person with an opinion if I'm not living it. So for without getting too preachy again, those are my pillars. And there's just something interesting I find about this. I do know and associate with a lot of people who consider themselves outdoors people, outdoorsmen or outdoors women. Excuse me. And, um, it's funny how right some people are when they use that term and how wrong other people are. There are some people who love to brag to anyone who listen about what an excellent hunter or angler they are and just they feel they are the epitome of an outdoors person. But by the estimation of the pillars I just put forth for you, they really don't measure up. And I know other people who are the opposite, who are incredibly humble, who who do not use the term or the phrase outdoorsman or outdoorswoman or outdoors person lightly, who don't use that phrase to define themselves that often, if at all, who are some of the people in my life who are more dedicated to the outdoors than 95% of the people I know. It's just interesting. It's interesting to see the dichotomy between people who are so sure that they're the next big outdoors thing. The greatest hunter they know, the greatest angler they know, no one loves or knows more about the outdoors than they do. But then when those standards I just outlined are applied, are just nowhere close to that. And then to see the flip side of the coin where some of the more unassuming folks in my life who just don't are very, how should I put this? They're very careful to not have an ego about themselves or think too highly of themselves, who to me are sometimes some of the best examples of what it really means to love the outdoors and to be an advocate for the outdoors, to be an outdoors person. It's just interesting and kind of, kind of a shame that 
some some people fall on either end of that spectrum instead of more in the middle. But I think we could all do better at falling in the middle sometimes when it comes to using that term and how we represent ourselves and our fellow hunters and anglers, myself included. So there's some of my brief thoughts on that. I'll step off the soapbox now. That got a little more soapboxy than maybe I intended. But I'd love to hear from you on this topic. Let me know what you think. Reach out to me. You can send me an email, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, at natewolfel at gmail.com. That's N-A-T-E-W-O-E-L-F-E-L at gmail.com. Or you can reach out on my Facebook page at Nathan Wolfel Outdoors. Send me a message. Let me know how I did. Did I miss something? Is there something you would include? Do you agree, disagree with what I included? I'd love to hear from you. Maybe we'll do a follow-up episode of this and talk about it. You can reach out to me on Instagram at ndubs41. That's at N-D-U-B-S 41 on Instagram. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Um, in the meantime, I just want to do some housekeeping things before we wrap this episode up. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I mentioned in one of the first episodes that we'll probably move to bi-weekly at some point or every other week. At some point, I would like to crank out maybe one or two more yet before we formally switch off to that. I want you guys and gals, if you enjoy this, to be able to binge it a little bit. And these are kind of quick episodes, so I want to make sure we have a few in the shoot. So if you do really dig this, you can just keep enjoying it before I switch to a different schedule or format. Also, if, if this starts working out and I'm getting great feedback or I'm able to carve out the time for it, maybe we will switch to more of a weekly thing or a couple time a week thing, but just want to take you behind the curtain, let you know that as of now, I want to put together a few more of these so you have a few to enjoy and then we'll start to get on some kind of rhythm and I'll let all of you know what that rhythm is depending on how the launch of this goes. I'll be very honest and transparent with you about all of it. So you'll know what to expect. Uh, another peek behind the curtain here. I mentioned I would like to have some guest episodes. I'm working on lining up some of the guests on my wish list and working very hard to make it happen. The other thing to let you know, maybe being a little overly transparent here, but I am a sharer. I want to work through the technical side of the guest because I want to make sure that the audio experience I provide for you is at least acceptable and that we're representing our guests in the best possible light. Because I mentioned in one of the first episodes, probably the first episode, that a lot of these guests I am intending to have on the show do make their living in the outdoor space in a variety of ways. I want to make sure they are able to represent themselves and their businesses and or agencies in the best way possible. And I'm working through the audio options that are available to do that to at least meet a certain standard that can achieve that for them. So I'm not going back on my word. I fully intend to give you guys and gals a bunch of episodes with guests and they're going to be coming hopefully sooner than later. But just wanted to let you know what we're working through on that side of things so you know what to expect. So that's about all I have 
for this episode. Thank you for sticking it out as always. Be sure to check out NathanWolfelOutdoors.com for some more great fresh content. As I've mentioned in the past, I try to update it at a minimum weekly. And try to average out about four ep- or four episodes as I'm looking at my podcast episode thing, Freudian slip. I'm trying to average out at one a week every month at an absolute minimum. Birding, hunting, fishing, recipes, as I've mentioned, all kinds of fresh content. So be sure to check that out at Nathan Wolfel Outdoors. In the meantime, check me out on social media, reach out via email. I'd love to hear from you. And thanks again for listening. Hope that you have some time to enjoy nature between now and the next episode. And we will talk again real soon.